Welcome to Wrestling Now. I'm your host. I'm Lloyd. What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the AEW Dynamite Poster Post Show Edition of my show, my podcast. Welcome. I'm here to talk about tonight's show. Wow. Wow. That was a lot going on on this show. It's hard for me to go back and forwards on this. Like, I don't know where to start. I don't know where to begin. I don't know where to end. I don't know how, like, wow, man. The first show of this match was just phenomenal. It's like how you start off a, how you start off a main event show. I mean, this was the first match. I think this match should have been the main event, actually. But rightfully so, because, you know, title match has got to be main events, but... Pac versus Eddie Kingston, man, with, you got both the Butcher and the Blade and the Bunny out at ringside, and then for Pac, he's got the rest of the Triangulo de la Muerte, the Lucha Brothers outside, Pentagon, and Ray Phoenix, both outside in his corner, you know this match wasn't going to be normal at all, you know this shit was going to be an all-out fucking, fucking brawl, it was just going to get chaotic, and it did. Even after, even post match, the shit got chaotic. Pac, Pac won the match by surprise because I don't know how this match was gonna turn out for me personally, but Pac won the match. He did it with the black arrow. That was that was so so sweet for him to use his move signature move on a main event guy instead of doing a fucking bullshit roll up or a submission. I want him to be at it. I want him to be Kingston with his finisher, and he did. That shit was priceless. You guys gotta watch this match. First match of the show. You can't even miss. Trust me. You can get. You can be glued to the match for five, ten minutes and still be like, "Wow, this is awesome." I want more when you see this match. Post match, like I said, it got chaotic. Uh, Butcher Blake got involved. Butcher Brothers got involved. Uh, Lance Archer threw his hat. Threw his hat in the match. Like, let you know, he was in the ring after the match. Uh, getting involved, he fucking got his hands on Eddie Kingston right before he slipped away, and man, it was so well done, and then he turns over to Pac and says, hey man, stay focused, and this and that, it's, I have a feeling Lance Archer, and hey man, I wouldn't mind seeing Lance Archer versus Pac, that also would be a pretty cool main event on a big show, maybe not on a TV show, but maybe in a pay-per-view. I mean, either guy could go heel and and make this match a priceless match. So, even the way, even their status right now, how they're somewhat on the same team, even then, I'd like to see him in the match. This shit, if it can be dope, because Lance Hunter is a beast. The next match of the show, because I had to. Step away from this match. It's not. I'll talk 20 minutes about this match. This match was awesome. I turned on the tube and I saw that premiere match. But the next match on the show was Chuck Taylor uh, of Best Friends versus Miro. Best Man Miro. Um, this match had a stipulation. If Chuck Taylor lost the match, he would be um, Miro's uh, young boy or <laughs> butler. I'm going to just say it in a nice way. I would have said bitch. But yeah, it's his, basically his butler. So you got to do any, anything he wants or anything he asks. So imagine he's got a wedding coming up with him and 
Penelope Ford, and, and now he's got a butler to do all his whole bidding for him. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait to see how far Miro's going to take this. Because Miro did win the match, so. And um, Chuck Taylor now is his little biatch, so. I wonder how, wow. I mean, I knew from the time I heard this match being made that this was going to happen. I knew it. It was inevitable, man. You got to gotta make, gotta have something going on with Miro, because if not, I mean, he's an important guy. You can't have him on the sidelines and AEW Dynamite while everyone else is in a feud doing something relevant while he's feuding with the best friends. No disrespect to the best friends, but, you know, still, he could be having a big feud with, like, Cody or someone else, but it's fine. This is a start for him. I'm not going to get so worked up because, this, like I said, this is a baby company. These are people that they're trying to build and turn them into stars like the WWE. So I can't talk shit. I got to, like, you know, I got to st- maintain the course because these guys are one day are going to be at that level of WWE. If not, if not, if not, they are already. Um, so, I, oh, there was another, it was a segment on the show. Yeah, the Inner Circle talking about their resolutions and what they're going to do this year. Uh, Jay Hager, Hager stepped out and said he wants to win championships. Well, uh, uh, well, Jericho wanted to say he wanted to win the tag team championships. Well, you had PMP right there, proud and powerful, just standing there being insulted by Jericho while he's saying that. Well, saying, Look, you got a tag team right here, and it's kind of funny. And then now, uh, this is gonna every week, Inner Circle's got to do this some shit. They have some turmoil matches, which is, like, ridiculous because they're all facing each other. Now they're literally going to face each other. All this turned out into a, 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 a three-man, a six, a three-man tag, a three-way tag team match. All members of the inner circle are involved. You got PMP on one side. You got Jericho and MJF on another side. And on one corner. And then on the other corner, you're going to have Sammy Guevara and Jake Hager. Dog. This is too much. I don't know if I'm ready for this. Uh, but uh, I don't know. I'm being positive. I think this is something good's going to come out of this. But all this turmoil within Inner Circle. And they can't branch out and get themselves in a few with another faction. Because there's so many factions right now. So many tag teams and... They can't find their way into one. But you know what? Give it time. I guess this whole MJF thing has to get worked in. They're milking the shit out of this MJF being part of the inner circle thing. So Then, um, oh, there was also another segment. Private Party, Matt Hardy. Cut a little, cut a vignette. Uh, talk about their new uh, union. Their new partnership with Matt Hardy. And then he was telling them how he's going to make money for them. And then... Uh, Mark, uh, you know, they were like, uh, private party was like, hey, man, you know, but at the same time, you're taking 30% from us. So, and then he's like, well, you should have read the fine print. Now he's like turning, now he's starting to become a, a douchebag, a douchebag agent instead of Matt Hardy. So, or, or, I mean, any way you want to look at it, money, Matt, 
because this is also money mat in in another in another aspect. So this this is gonna lead into something really good. Maybe probably party ended up having a match or singles match versus Matt Hardy down the line, finding a way to break out of their contract because he's gonna fucking milk the shit out of this whole contract thing. And I I kind of like it. It's a way to keep Private Party in the show, keep them relevant, keep them moving forward, not backwards. So that's cool. And um, then we had the next match of the show, uh, which was the uh, the good Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers versus Var- the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight. The funny part about the Good Brothers, yeah, exactly. I said the Good Brothers, not not the actual elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. Young Bucks got screwed tonight. The Kenny Omega told him, "Yeah, don't worry, you guys are gonna be part of the show, but let me just do this. Let me go out there and now I'm gonna introduce you guys." He fucking milked this shit. He tricked them into thinking that they were gonna be part of this, and they. And there were no way, shape, or form going to be part of this show. I didn't know either. I, I thought he was going to team up with the Bucks. I was surprised to see the, the Good Brothers out there. This is something This is something progressive, something moving forward in the right direction. Impact Wrestling, live. Impact Wrestling, Ross, M, live members, roster. Active roster members on AEW Dynamite. Their main show on Wednesday night. In a six-man tag team match with the AEW World Champion, the tag team world champions of AEW of, of Impact Wrestling, bro, that shit's huge. They just put AEW, they just put Impact Wrestling on the map, man. On a live fucking show, kid, that shit's nice. So right there, that's a, that's a great, that's. That's a that's just that's an accomplishment for for Impact Wrestling and for AEW working together, to, and you know, like brother and brother and sister together as companies, trying to like you know cross promote each other and get each other over as much as they can, and this is huge because they got they, I mean this is huge for for Impact Wrestling more than it is for AEW being on TV because they got the Good Brothers out there on national television. And now everything that's going on in Impact, people are going to be tuning in on Tuesdays and Wednesdays now. Not just Wednesdays. They're going to be watching. They're going to be watching uh, Impact Wrestling on Tuesday nights, and they're going to be watching AEW Dynamite on Wednesday because they don't know who's going to be showing up on whose show. So this was. Uh, I actually enjoyed this match because this is a surprise of the Good Brothers. I've never seen him wrestle in AEW, so of course I was gonna stick around and watch this match. Come on, I'm not stupid. And then, um, and of course, I mean, there was no way I thought the Varsity Blondes and Danny Limelight would win, but it's huge for Danny Limelight to get out there. He's that he just he just he just ranked up to another level because now he's on AEW Dynamite, not on Dark, and now he's wrestling with main event guys. So. Whew. So big ups for Danny Limelight. Not even just the varsity blondes. I already knew they were in the they were on they were in the limelight. No no pun intended. Already, but now Danny is, so that's pretty cool. Um and then we had our first episode 
uh, a premiere episode of The Waiting Room on AEW Dynamite because it's always been a dark show every week. This is the first time we have an actual debut on 2021 on AEW Dynamite. And, it's for, and her first guest was Cody Rhodes. Something they, something they actually need to do. They put Cody Rhodes on the map. Put him on the show because she kept every every now and then she was giving him a lot of insults, Cody Rose and this and that, and making fun of his fucking tattoo every week, saying that it was a bad idea, and then the whole Brandy being pregnant thing. So she's like just trying to get under his skin, but you know he doesn't he, he doesn't fall for that shit. But then she had another special guest on the show, Jay Cargill, and that guy that really caught my attention. My gosh, she is so fine. Jay Cargill was on the show. Still waiting for her opponent. Still waiting for the challenge. It's been like a month now, over a month since since we saw her on TV, and finally they addressed the situation. She's going to be going against Red Velvet because Red Velvet showed up on the show to defend the Cody Rhodes name, the Rhodes name. So that was pretty cool. Uh, they had a brawl on the waiting room. Uh, it's first time we ever seen a well, second time we've seen a brawl, but. Not a, not to this magnitude on the waiting room. Where you had the whole roster out there breaking these these women up. It was that shit was dope. So this is gonna lead into Jay Cargill versus uh, versus Red Velvet. You know, straight out of your mama's kitchen, man. That's just gonna happen now. I knew it was gonna be Red Velvet. Who else was it gonna be? Um. So I'm very I'm happy about that shit very happy about that because uh, they're going to put Real Velvet even they're going to put her on a bigger platform now because uh, there's a lot of pressure so this is going to be really good um, then we had um, oh, and um, there was also the same thing there was also something that was also made at that moment there was another match that was just signed and sealed for February 3rd. Britt Baker was not happy about it, but it was uh, Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa at Beach Break that I can't wait for. Thunder Rosa made it happen. And I'm fine. I'm glad this shit can just stop. stop this feud could stop dragging out. And because I don't even think, I think they only wrestled once. So this shit needs to happen, man. I don't even know if they wrestled. I can't even remember. This shit needs to happen, though. So I can finalize it, document it, and put it on my show and say, this is what happened. So that's out of the way. That match is going to be happening. Uh, then we had uh, Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb um, versus... Uh, I'm sorry, Jurassic... Uh, Serena Deeb versus Ty Conti for the NWA Women's Championship. This was a great match. Like I said, on my AW Dark Show, Ty Conti is a star, future star, ready to burst out. She's only been in professional wrestling for a little over three years. That's it, man. Give her 10 years in this business, and she's going to be like, why the WWE is going to be shaking their heads like, why did we fucking let her go? She's a star. It's just they didn't know what to do with her. Someone of her magnitude, her skill, because she is skilled martial artist. And turn all those skills into wrestling. And let me tell you something. That's a great mixture. Because martial arts and wrestling go hand in hand. It puts out for a great performance. 
So she put on a great performance against Serena Deeb. Serena Deeb sold a lot of her, a lot of her strikes and her kicks, especially those pump kicks. She had like two good pump kicks in this match that I that I can remember. That time Serena Deeb just couldn't. You, she sold so fucking well. Um, all I can say is Serena Deeb won, basically almost won by the skin of her ass in this in this match because Ty Conti kind of burned out in this match. But if it wasn't for her burning out. I think Ty Conti would have won this. Or if Dark Order would have got involved, which I don't know why they didn't, because this was supposed to be a thing with her and the Dark Order. When they get involved in her matches, she's not into that shit. But they didn't even do anything. Anna Jay just stood there ringside, not getting involved, and that's so unusual, because that's not like her. So that was one thing I was kind of disappointed about. But otherwise, it was a great one-on-one. One-on-one match, so... That was awesome. Uh, then we had the Jurassic Express, Marco Stunt, and Jungle Boy versus FTR. Oh, man. This was sometimes at moments of this match, it was very hard to watch because FTR was beating the shit out of Marco Stunt in a few few in a few different spots in this match. Like, I was, I was almost ready to throw, throw in the towel on myself. But, man, I, but Jurassic Express held on, man. They held on as long as they could in this match, but they finally separated the two, ran Jungle Boy into the uh, into the card rail, brought Marco Stunt into the ring. You know what I'm saying? You know, basically, you know, the, uh, incapacitate him, and then bam, then bam, Shatter Machine, or where I forgot, there's a new name now for it. I, it's not the Shatter Machine anymore. I guess WWE must have trademarked the name. I think it's called like the Big Machine or something like that. I got the Red Machine. I I gotta I gotta check it out, but it's it just recently changed the name. But uh, I gotta yeah yeah FTR won the match. I mean, rightfully so. FTR was gonna mention. I knew they were gonna win the match. I just didn't know how. Yeah, but, you know, they actually sold a lot of Marco Stunt's moves. Um, there's a lot of stuff that was actually believable in this match. I'm sure a lot of other people are not going to say the same thing. They're going to be like, why does Marco get so much offense? But I don't think he had so much. I thought he had just enough offense to get him over. That's in my opinion. If you watch this match, then I don't know. You make your you make your own depiction, but I think that's going to happen. And um, they got, you know, they made Jurassic Express look pretty good through the through this match considering Marco's done size so it's good that was awesome and then we had the, the main event man one of my favorite things in the world the main event Darby Allen versus uh, Brian Cage I don't know how I don't know how man this match could happen I got a difference of 102 pounds in this match in weight and Darby Allen is pretty much getting mauled throughout this match and still pulls away with the win well i wouldn't even say pull the win he had a little help because team taz was about to get was getting involved in this match to, to the point where sting had to of course show up i knew it was gonna happen saw the snow and all this bullshit uh, well actually the snow happened after the match but sting lights turned off sting was at ringside this uh attacked Ricky Starks knocked him off the ring, knocked him out of ringside. 
So he can even up the odds. And then our Darby won with a crucifix off the top rope because Cage was going to do like, I think, a Samoan, like a Samoan drop off the top rope. But Darby turned it into a crucifix into a pin. Ah, I don't know, man. I'm not sure. It's really a thin line in how you let Darby win matches against certain people. And this was probably the only way they can make it look believable. I get it. But they can't do that shit a second time against Brian Cage or a third time or anything like that. This was it. The next match they have, Brian Cage is going to whoop that ass. and He's going to win that title because they can't keep holding back Brian Cage like this. Brian Cage has been in the company for about a year now. It's been almost a year. Yeah. So, man, this shit's crazy. So it's about time this nigga wins another title instead of that bullshit FTW title. The one that no one acknowledges. And they should anyway because they need titles in that company. But I don't know. I don't know. That's just my fucking opinion. They need more titles. I think a company like that should be like New Japan. Integrating titles into the company or, or, or organically bringing in their own. If they had one from another company, bring it into this company. But I don't know why they still won't acknowledge it. I guess it will take for them to win another championship for them to acknowledge it. I don't know, man. I don't know. I have really no idea. It's been a long time since that FTW. I think it's like six, seven, eight months now. That FTW championship has been around and no one's done a damn thing about it. So I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Something's got to come. Unless something, something's got to happen for me to tell you because I try to come up with my own speculations and nothing has come up yet. So, nothing, no result has happened. I'm just, I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to have to tune in and wait and look for myself. Take my own advice. Thank you all so much. This is the end of my show. I hope I got as much of the business and the information that you guys needed. This was an awesome show. I definitely recommend it. We two, we two of the of New Year Smash. That shit was dope. It was some dope matches. Um, yeah, man. These are like uh, so many feuds, so many storylines intertwined in this show that are going on, especially with the Inner Circle. Um, they got their own thing going on. But you guys, thank you all for listening for tuning in and uh yeah man have a great have a great evening thank you so much god bless